Power for All is joined in conversation by Habiba Ali, founder and CEO of Sosai Renewable Energies, a leading Nigerian company that provides clean energy products and services from clean cookstoves to household solar to mini grids. Ms. Ali is also the vice president of the Renewable Energy Association of Nigeria, or RIAN. Thanks for joining us, Habiba. Thank you very much for having me, William. So all eyes are now on Nigeria for scaling private utilities uh, called mini-grids. The, the country uh, has announced plans for 10,000 mini-grids in the next five years. So I'm wondering uh, what, what your assessment of the current state of the mini-grid sector is in Nigeria and how the regulations that were adopted in 2017 helped develop that market. Well, yeah, having gotten into the space, at first, when you look at the energy situation in Nigeria, you're always thinking, what is the best uh, means to address this? And you want to have the right mix of energy solutions that you provide to the people. Um, the reason why we got into the mini-grid was because we thought the people, uh, we listened to the people, and most of them showed uh, interest in owning something that they could all tap from in these two communities we worked at. So with that at the back of your mind, and then the, um, the government also saying they want to work on 10,000 mini-grids in the next five years, it kind of aligns with the needs of the people. My view on this whole um, mini-grid situation in Nigeria is how protected are those mini-grid developers in the renewable energy space? Because mini-grids could actually be from any other source as well. I mean, a mini-grid is quite blanket for me. What specificity do you need to make sure that the people who are working in this space are not being you know, oppressed by the existing distribution companies? There's a lot of things in the um, regulation that actually limits some of us, the mini-grid uh, the you know private mini grid developers that is um, has been a cause of concern for a few developers in the past, like um, talking about the distance between the mini grid and the next um, generation or oh, sorry distribution companies lines and issues like that. But the truth of the matter is, especially in the communities that we have worked, what we have seen is there's actually um, distribution lines in some communities and they've not had power for 15 years. It's been raised there for years and nobody has given them power. So they want energy and you want to be able to supply this energy and you think of a mini-grid. So at that point, I'm a bit like, okay, who protects me as a mini-grid developer? Do I give these people the thing that they want, which is the mini-grid, or do I look for other alternatives for them? And in looking for, in working, the, the, the government I know has something about... Um, not not bothering about uh, not get not necessarily getting a license if your generation is below one megawatt, and this is a nice one. I mean, this this feels good to to be able to you know get in there and do mini grids, even if um, it's five hundred kilowatts, one hundred kilowatts. But another concern or another assessment I see of that is, at one what point is the one megawatt? If I do like a hundred or a hundred ten kilowatts or one M ten hundred hundred kilowatts, does that mean I now need to go get a license to be able to operate? And if I've already done that, how how does the um, regulation support me and ensure that I am protected so that my infrastructure, my investment, and everything is protected such that I'm still able to give the much needed energy 
and still come out at a profit on the other side. Meanwhile, I'm not going to be uh, pushed out of the space by the other players, which are the discos, we call them in Nigeria, the distribution companies. Mm -hmm. So I think that uh, the current state of the mini-grid sector seems quite healthy. There's a lot of interest, like you all know, and a lot of um, developers are beginning to look into that space and trying to see, okay, what do I do? It's as much as people are looking for um, banks and doing them a whole energy system that's 40 kilowatts up to 100 kilowatts. And, you know, there's, there's, there's quite a bit of peak in the interest for renewable energies, especially solar in Nigeria. This, for me, feels like it's the way to go and the way we can actually scale our um, deployment of energy for the people. Mm -hmm. So overall positive, but sounds like there's still some yeah, specifics that need to be worked yeah, out. Yeah. What happens if the discos arrive in yeah. the same place that you're setting up a mini grid? Mm -hmm. What ha or is it a one megawatt accumulative number, or is it a per project number? So some specific things that still need to be. Yeah, worked you out. know, some of them feel cleared up on paper, but you know, a lot of things on paper in Nigeria don't really hold up. Some people say, you hear a lot of things, and people will tell you, you know, and it gets quite confusing. Even when you read it up, somebody will tell you, you know, there's a newer version or there's a newer, like, a change to that. And mm -hmm. you're like, okay, where do we really stand? Right. Some people tell you, oh, it's okay, even if you get do, like, um, distributed systems everywhere, it's fine. Even if it's, as far as it's one project, it's not one project, it's still fine. Mm -hmm. But somebody tells you, no, they, the government will accumulate it. So I see in future, my concern is that I see in future where someone will come and say, okay, and find a neat, you know, like a little um, loophole there and key into it and start trying to, just like we're going through with the customs now, and says, no, this is not how it means, and tries to like twist the English and try to make it seem like what you're seeing or reading or hearing is different from what it actually is. Okay. So it's all going to be based on translation. Um, understanding and translation. Right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, there are some concerns that have been raised outside of the mini-grid mm -hmm. sector about, you know, whether mini-grids um, as purely private uh, utilities can be bankable, commercially viable. What are your thoughts on that? There are, there, you know, you could make the argument that state-run utilities, state-run discoms receive quite a bit of government support uh, to be able mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. to um, operate oftentimes at a deficit, right? exactly. at a loss. Um, why should mini-grids be held to a different standard? Uh, and how, how do you try and address uh, that difference in stature exactly. between state-run utilities and private utilities? Well, you know, there's one problem that we have in Nigeria that um, people are not used to paying good money for energy. I mean, you go out there and you see people paying like really very nice amounts. I mean, I call it nice amounts because I, I, I sell this and very nice amounts for energy. So, but in Nigeria, people are used to stealing energy. I mean, I've seen people in high places actually not want to pay their bills mm -hmm. and calling the, you know, the um, underside um, utilities people, I mean, we call them uh, Nepatu. I mean, that's like people who are in, understand how the, government utility works, but are really not working for you based on the government aspect. So they can actually, like, you know, cut down on your bills to pay on a monthly basis and stuff like that. I mean, we've heard this kind of stories. Mm. Uh, Abidjan recently, I heard that with um, the Mojek uh, lady. And apparently, so for Nigerians now, when you now sell energy at the right price, it's expensive for them. This is why the discos in Nigeria are constantly in a deficit. Because Nigerians don't like to pay for energy. They would rather, 
you know, because if they, I mean, they are not used to it. They're not used to the value of it. So there's a lot that needs to go into educating the mindset of the Nigerian man to know that energy is not a cheap commodity. And that's, I think, the mistake. And because when you pass through a community, you see uh, people like, you know, wasting energy during the day. The, the utility gives them energy during the day and all lights are on. They really don't value it. So um, I, I always am an advocate of pick, you know, like take all these people off of the national grid and give it to the industries while you concentrate diaries in this um, to these people. So this makes it very difficult for you to say, I'm going to put up infrastructure and, you know, all the logistics. With, with the little ones that we did, it's been tough trying to get money. I mean, like to find out, okay, when is going to be the payback period? Because by the time you sell, the energy. I mean, this is realistically on ground. We can speak all the macro English out there and try to get all the financing to come and do this project. But the truth on the ground is what really matters to me. And this is where I come from. And this is where I speak from. You know, so um, people find that you, you, you go to the community and you're selling energy, let's say, for 100 naira per whatever kilowatt hours. Um, and the people, you, they buy for like maybe two months. And the next third month, they tell you, oh, this is too expensive. I can't continue. You know. Some of them come to you and say, okay, you know what, can we have a meeting? Can we um, pay 2,000 naira per month? And then you say, okay, you go back to your table and you try to see okay, how could we make it work? And then you find, like for us, we thought, we thought, okay, let's do more commercial activities in the communities. Yeah, but there's just this much commercial activities you want to do because as commercial as they are, it has to also be used constantly before it can actually generate income. You find that you're constantly trying to find a way to make money from the, all the money that you put down. I mean... No mini grid is cheap, no matter how small it is. We were very lucky we got the USADF funding, and I keep thinking, what if we didn't have this funding? And we had to take money from investors and or debt money and all that. It's going to be really tough to be like, you know, uh, payback. I mean, this is for me, this is the reality that I see on the ground because of our people. And I've heard a couple of developers also have the same complaints where they've had to review pricing. I mean, what we had in the paper when we presented to investors was is now different from what we actually said. Because let them at least buy. Because the energy is just sitting down there. So when you think about that, you're now considering and you're linking it with bankability and scalability. It's a bit tough. And I think there's also, a, I think the African Development Bank and other bilateral yeah. donors are working on things like results-based financing. Yeah which is sort of a bridge, I think, between that uh, the current situation where consumers probably aren't aware of the value of energy mm -hmm. to that place in the future where the demand increases and you can get to scale. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how those, uh, yeah, those, exactly. those types of mechanisms develop. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you just did two uh, mini-grids yeah. in rural communities. Mm -hmm. uh, some challenges, certainly. Yeah. Um, but do you think Nigeria will hit the 10,000 mini-grid number? Well, if we have to hit the 10,000 mini-grid number, a lot of work has to be done by the government. I mean, the government has to show a lot of willingness in wanting to make this happen. And this can really happen, and this can actually be the answer to our energy problems. But a lot of change has to happen. And, you know, the commitment of the government is all what I think really needs to be worked on. They need to understand that the discos or existing discos want to make money. That's why they put money into these businesses. And because of that, they should be able to to chat to you know use their powers as the government to restrict the use of energy to rural communities pull it out of there give it to industries i mean a lot of industries have had to close down because of energy um, deficiency in nigeria i mean growing up in kaduna there were, we had over 10 uh, textiles working i don't know i'm not sure energy is the only source a reason why they all had to close down. i mean all of it not one is still working 
the, and this was like the thriving economy. This was what was driving the economy of the North, at least then. And I know energy is a key player in the reasons why the reason why they had to um, turn down, close down. And if such energy, um, what do you call them, industries could actually get the energy that the rural community people are wasting, not appreciating that this is not cheap. Because most times, what happens in rural communities is they just get the connections to their homes, and at the end of the month. The villager just pulls them together and says, okay, let's give Nepa something. I mean, that's the PhD and the power holding company. Let's give them something. And then they pull whatever money they can pull together and then call the, the official and just, you know, give him something just to go and say, okay, this community has paid money. So it's not metered. They don't know what it costs, really. They just have it. So they don't really appreciate it. So if these people can actually be taken off the national grid and the discourse concentrate on industries and, you know, like, um, keep, banks, people who actually have money and will be willing to pay. I mean, what they pay in generators and all that is already too much. So no matter what the grid is still going to be cheaper. And then DRE will be concentrated in the rural areas. And if you now do that, then this 10,000 is easily feasible because you will now be able to see that these communities need energy and you can actually find, work with the developers and deploy, you know, have them pick areas where they are comfortable working in. And as soon as this deployment is happening and people are finding communities and impl uh, implementing these projects, knowing that they have the backing of the government, they are easily able to take their papers and the government support that they have, go to investors and say, look, the government is even backing me up. They gave me these lots to do and, you know, I need money to just build this up. Because one thing that I see might limit the speed of this happening is just um, the financing. And if we can have the serious will of the government to do this, then it will be easier to have a lot of more, um, you know, developers coming in and say, okay, yeah, let's do what is good, what is affordable, and what will actually work for the communities. And I can tell you that as soon as we have that energy problem with the 10,000 mini grids sorted, development is just going to start flying off in that country. And I feel very um, optimistic that with DRE and the grid, I mean, let the discos not feel like we are coming to send them out of the business. We're just going to work together to make sure that we all get to the same place. I mean, in the long run, they can't even cover Nigeria as a whole. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. it's good to hear that you're optimistic. Yeah. You're also one of the, uh, I wouldn't, maybe not few, but uh, <laughs> there's, there's, not, there's certainly not a, an abundance of women in the energy industry generally, but also within the de decentralized renewable energy sector. As a woman running a business uh, in Nigeria, big market, big opportunity, uh, how do you think about the, the role of, of women? There's been a lot uh, discussed around gender and, and how women not only can play an important role as uh, energy consumers, but also entrepreneurs and, and business people mm -hmm. who are actually running the businesses, delivering uh, rural electrification. So as, as a woman, I mean, how do you see the situation right now? And the truth of the matter, to add to what you're saying, is that women are actually the face of energy because whatever be the case we're the ones who stay at home cook with the children do their homework with them i mean most times and though it's beginning to change now with a lot of women understanding that they have to work outside of the home and everything being a stem field there's always been this um you know unspoken like norm that it's just a male dominated thing I mean, I've had people come up to me when I speak and say, you, 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 you're in renewable energies? Like, how? And people go like, what? And, you know, we're still a very 
traditional community in Nigeria. It's it's not as you know uh, liberal as maybe some of the developed countries still are uh, already are. So you still find that a lot of women are thinking about getting married, I mean, going to school, graduating, getting a job, getting married, and that's it. And unfortunately, even when she goes and studies engineering or electrical engineering, I mean, we have a lot of women who have studied this in school, she can't practice except if she has the will. Because if she doesn't get a job, she, she gets whatever is obtainable, maybe a secondary school to teach physics or something, and she's just okay because anyway, she's a woman. She should teach because she has to have time for the kids. She has to have time for her husband and all that. So that has really made it um, a little slower for women to get into the space. And I was having a discussion with Ifi sometime. I mean, we were just discussing with Ifi. We have a group, a small group, where we are trying to pull the women. Ifi, my, my colleague who runs colleague, power yes, power yes. in Nigeria. Ifi Malu. And we're trying to, we have a small group. It's a WhatsApp group. And we're trying to like pull all the women who have anything to do with renewable energies or who even just have a passion for the industry to come into let's have one uh, heart and let's just you know be able to develop something so that we can pull more women in i'm tired of hearing i personally am tired of hearing oh you're one of the only women in the renewable energy in nigeria every time you hear that you're, you're like okay it's true but what do you do the best i've been able to do is um, develop the women uh, enterprise that we have as much as you know you can also see what we're saying about it has to come from the woman herself wanting to do it and not being traditional to think that my husband will not like it. Oh, my! What, what would the people say? I mean, am I going beyond my boundaries as a woman? So it needs some sort of radical um, sense. And, you know, so I think the, the way we can, my suggestion is, I mean, we've, we've tried out a number of things. And sometimes you just go, come, let's do this. Come, let's do that. And you have all the plans. And then they just go quiet on you. And sometimes it's really very um, weakening when they go quiet because you're thinking, oh, but this is the answer. Let's go do this together. And they slow down. But anyway, as much as I um, see that uh, there's a little deficit of women, not a, little, a lot of deficit of women in the space, I also see that it's picking up. What we can continue doing is keep advocating. We need to hear, have people hear our voices. Uh, people need to see that women are there. Uh, on Friday, I judged on the Holt Prize. It's a, um, a university. Uh, maybe I'm sure you know about that. The university students' uh, innovation to you know present and, uh, and, there, were, and there's an energy yeah, piece of that. This yeah. year was energy, yeah. so I, I I judged on it, and you could see that all the teams, only two of the twenty teams had a woman on board. Hmm. And and at the point, whenever they came to pitch, I just I I became the devil's advocate, and I immediately said, "Where's the woman?" And they that that really shocked them, like you know, because I was tired of seeing men, 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 and I'm like. Don't you have women that are doing energy I mean, engineering in your schools? Is the class? I mean, why didn't you call them in? Why didn't you pull them in? You know, so I think we in the space we need to have opportunities where we showcase ourselves. So the little ones coming up see that oh, a woman is doing it. That means it's possible. Because I could immediately see with the few ladies who were volunteering to work on the whole price, there were two of us that were women from the energy space. And they, they could immediately, immediately identify. They felt so good being with us, you know, as the judges. And they related. They, as soon as we were called on stage, they, they hailed and made a lot. You know how students are. <laughs> so I know that gives them that kind of sense of comfort that, oh, then there's nothing wrong if I do it. Yeah. So I think that there's a need for the little few of us that are in the space to get opportunities to 
step out there and show our faces and tell them, like, you know, speaking the language and saying, we are here. It's not as bad as you think, and you can do it. Well, I am sure that <laughs> all the people who are listening to this yeah. interview will be inspired by that. I and hope so. uh, hopefully we'll have a, a, a new generation of women yeah. who, can, uh, who can join you in all the great work that you're doing. So, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for, uh, for joining us, thank and uh, we will continue to support you. Yeah. Uh, and what is uh, Sosai Renewables' uh, website address? www.sosairen.com. That's so say renewables, but you know, like I'm um, shot into ren.org. S O S A I R E N. Yeah. Dot org. Dot org. Yeah. Wonderful. Yes. Thanks again. Okay. You're welcome.